Hello, this is William Fink of Christagenia.org, and this is Christagenia Internet Radio. Today is Friday, February 1st, 2019. Praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, and thank you for listening. Before we resume with our John commentary, I have a few things to say. This message is really for certain for a certain social media crowd. And most of my listeners may not understand the entire context, but still there are things here which must be said. There is a certain so-called pastor, a former friend and listener of mine, who has been slandering me in order to build up his own supposed ministry. For the past year he tried to build himself up without slandering me, at least publicly, but he has failed miserably. Apparently he blames me for that, and he began to claim that he had supposed visions from God, which prophesied my demise and the destruction of my own ministry before the beginning of the new year. These visions were perhaps uttered and repeated on YouTube sometime last summer. Well, that also turned out to be a disappointment for him. So I suspect that now he is especially desperate and feels an even more urgent need to tear me down, and he and some of his friends have begun a campaign of slander. This is the same clown who said to me and to several others that Yahweh told him he would never have to work again. Each week he produces a 20-minute sermon in which he talks glowingly of blessings and bounty and materialistic fulfillment in this life. He has actually made the assertion publicly, it's on his website, that men can create their own realities, but that the knowledge of that wonder is suppressed by the government. Really. Are there identity Christians who would actually believe that nonsense? Or who would even tolerate a man who claims it as a teaching? The man himself is a follower of students of the Kabbalah, of Neville Goddard and Napoleon Hill. And he has come to embrace what is disparagingly called the prosperity gospel although he expresses it in different terms than some of the evangelical hucksters use. I've already addressed him in several podcasts early last year. Since then, he has dropped a lot of the obvious language that exposes him, such as references to the so-called law of attraction. But he is still teaching what are substantially the same materialistic and wicked concepts. Anyone following after this fool should please turn me off now and go thy way. It would disturb me greatly to see anyone so stupid still listening to me and thinking that two drastically different worldviews can possibly be reconciled. Differences among sects, or 
divisions within Christian identity should not be evaluated by comparing personalities and they should certainly not be judged or evaluated by judging appearances. Here in John chapter 5 and often elsewhere in the Gospels we learn that those who appear to be pious are often the least pious and that those who claim to be pious those who claim to be pious are often actually wicked and most frequently men who maintain a pretense of piety do so only so that they can rule over their fellows and promote themselves rather than promoting Christ. Rather, differences among identity Christians should be measured against the entire scripture because only there do we find what Yahshua Christ truly expects of us all. If we all agree with him, in the end we should have no differences. If you see a man promote himself by speaking glowingly of his so-called good Christian family or his quote-unquote righteous family as the prominent way by which he introduces you to his so-called ministry, that man is a deceiver because we all fall, we all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. As Christ himself had said, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, that is God. If you see a man telling you that God wants you to be prosperous and have bountiful blessings, that man is trying to find ways to exploit you and to manipulate you for his own ultimate gain. When you accept a man as a friend, and this is what he is proclaiming, you too are responsible for the evil that results. It is the lot of the true Christian to suffer in this world in expectation of the rewards of the kingdom of heaven. A true Christian does not expect material gain and a true Christian does not seek to get along with everyone. A true Christian should expect to suffer for telling the truth and to be despised by the world around him for his obedience to the Word of God. A true Christian hates the world and spends each day fighting a spiritual battle against materialism and all the enticements of the devil. If the enemies of our God have smitten the shepherd, the sheep can expect no better. And even if they receive better, they should accept that as an aspect of the mercy of God and anticipate further trials without fear. For perfect love has no fear. This is a Christian identity ministry. We are persuaded that true identity Christians are the modern age heralds of the Elijah message for the last days. We fight a spiritual battle for the hearts and minds of our people. 
we do not mind getting our hands dirty in that endeavor. And doing so, we display no pretense of piety or false righteousness. We must have no tolerance for the evangelical fantasies of pleasantries and love and peace and happiness for the world. We must have no tolerance for prosperity gospel hucksters. We must have no tolerance for those who preach only platitudes while we as a people are sinners and only worthy of judgment. Even John Hagee and Joel Osteen can show off pictures of smiling children wearing designer clothes and Birkenstocks. But that does not make them pious or righteous in the eyes of God. And that is of little use to us in the battles to come. They often speak of walking with Christ, of having the shepherd's best, and about building strong Christian families. But only Yahweh can build a house, and not men. Yahshua Christ had warned that he came to bring division. In Luke chapter 12, Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth. I tell you nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father. The mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother. The mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. We do not really want to see any family divided. But we must understand that for those who love the truth, division is inevitable for many reasons, and especially because we do not all love the truth enough to walk the difficult paths which lead to the narrow gate. Those who prefer platitudes to truth are easily deceived, but those who really walk with Christ await the day described in Revelation chapter 19. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, linen white and clean. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together under the great supper of the great God 
that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men both free and bond both small and great and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on a horse and against his army. As Paul of Tarsus wrote in his epistle to the Hebrews, the faith of our ancient ancestors enabled them to quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, be made strong out of weakness, wax valiant in fight, and turn to flight the armies of the aliens. Comparing what we can expect to see in the future, as it is described in Revelation chapter 19, that is what we must focus upon. That is the only legitimate Christian message for these times, warning our people of the nature of our enemies, informing them of their true Christian heritage, and preparing ourselves spiritually for that great and dreadful day and the battle to come. True Christianity is about making sacrifices in the name of the shepherd without seeking worldly rewards in return. Any fool that cares more for lies and gossip concerning a man's personal life, any fool who falls for pretenses of piety and artificial appearances, and who cares more about those things than about the importance of a sound Christian identity message and doctrine, the common message which we should all be proclaiming abroad, does not truly understand the importance of our Christian identity mission. We do not care for seemingly pious choir boys with warm and fuzzy sermons which are geared towards making everybody feel good. Clowns that mimic that Sunday Baptist preacher attitude are the reason why our race is in the mess that it is to begin with. They are posers looking to live an easy life by preaching a 20-minute sermon each week, making people feel good about themselves and passing the baskets around. They must be rooted out of Christian identity. Compromise is not the path 